Hello and welcome to episode 144 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off, because by midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, the man Aaron Finch modelled his current T20 form on Mick. And let me introduce you to the rest of the team. Our first co-host is our resident thumb-breaking guru. Welcome, Alex. Hi, guys. Two thumbs up for fielding <laughs> off your own bowling. Welcome. Happy to be here. Next up is the man from the wrong side of Media Street. Come good. Welcome, David. <laughs> and I am not happy to be here. So we've got the whole spectrum so far. Cantankerous. I like it. <laughs> and finally, the gold fields running through the bush with a map and a campus champion. Welcome, Roscoe. Everyone, good to be here. I'm like David. I look forward to uh, fortnightly catch-ups <laughs> on Zoom and, you know, broadcasting our thoughts to the world. Gives me a little bit of joy. So welcome one and all to the Frederick Sock Company Studios. This is a tight ship production brought to you by Big Lug Enterprises. And speaking of companies spending lots of money, let's quickly touch on the Aussies in the IPL auction for the start of our cricket news segment for this episode. So, uh, yeah, so as discussed, probably about a week and a half ago now, the IPL auction um, went about. So we're going to quickly run through from dearest to cheapest, the Aussies that went in the auction and have a little bit of a chat if anyone wants to touch on um, any of this information. So first right. up was um, the Big Lloyd. Show. Oh, not Lloyd Pope. Oh, okay. no, not Lloyd Pope, no. So the Big Show went at number one for the Australians. Um, he went to the Royal Challengers Bangalore for the hefty sum of $2.52 million. So, well done to Big Show. That's amazing. Yeah. So especially considering his form in last year's. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah. So, uh, Jai Richardson went to the Punjab Kings for 4.75 mil. Um, <laughs> Riley Meredith from Tassie, the music festival, went to the Kings as well for 1.4 mil. So, they've got a fucking pretty. Uh, Pretty pricey opening bowling combination there with yeah. Riley and Jai. Shit, you'd want to go at fours and over or something. You're yeah. paying four mil for Richardson. Jesus. So uh, NCN. The ball. Yeah. So um, NCN. Nathan Coulter Nile went to <laughs> Mumbai for eight hundred and eighty-five thousand dollars. And uh, the, one of their show's favourites, and Gin's definitely Gin's favourite, Big DC, Dan Christian, went oh, to the yeah. Royal Challengers Bangalore for $850,000. And they have now firmed as favourites to win the IPL title <laughs> this season. <laughs> Dollar one favourite. <laughs> uh, the King of Spotify, Moises Enriquez, went to the Punjab Kings for 745000 and the one that seemed to have everyone shocked around the world, and I still think the bloke after him is more shocking, but Stephen Smith went to the Delhi Capitals for $390,000. So I think it works out at something like a $1 million or plus drop from his last $2 million. Year. $2 million, sorry. $2, $2, million. $2 million. $2 million. That is $1 million plus, yeah. Ross. $2 million. Is, so. yeah, yeah, correct. Both correct. <laughs> yes, David. No, uh, sorry. That, I was yeah. uh, looking looking up something for us and then a weird uh, thing popped up on my screen. I was like, oh, oh, that's, okay. that's I weird thought you were angry at Ross eating chips with the microphone. No, no. no, no. That was, I was angry at that. I was but just I, looking up the average salary of a BBL player and Google tells us it's $42,000. So, Cheers. Which means Glenn for DC getting 800 yeah. grand. I was like, Glenn yeah. Maxwell can currently buy the BBL. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if they all come back after the IBL and started their own franchises because oh. they've got enough money to pay players for a year. Oh. 
And as I mentioned, there was a man whose contract was far more shocking than Steve Smith's, and that is the man who went to the Cool Cutter Night Riders for the hefty sum of $133,000, and that is Ben fucking Cutting. So he actually got an IPL contract. (laughs) So Surely he won't play. It's like if seven injuries happen. He plays every year. Oh, I'd really? take 130 yeah, big boy yeah, to sit on the bench in a fucking beer fucking and run up some water. Shit, yeah. yeah. Um, now, for those wondering, that, that does, I know that does not sound like there's many Australians in the IPL, and that's because the way the auction works is um, you only go in the auction if your team, either you're at the end of your contract and they don't re-sign you, or they fuck you off. So, <laughs> um, so there is some more Aussies currently in the IPL setup. So, um, no big noni, Josh Hazelwood, Hazelwood is at the Chennai Super Kings. Uh, Samurai Pizza Cats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Stoin Cloth and Daniel Sams at the Daly Capitals. Uh, big Pat Cummins, who went for the hefty sum of about $500 million last year, is at the, the Night Riders as well. Uh, Chris Lynn is throwing underarm for the Mumbai Indians. Uh, Suit and Tie, Andrew Tye is at the Registan Royals. Josh Philippe, Adam Zampa, and Kane Richardson are at the Royal Challengers Bangalore. Mm. And Dave Warner and the Bison, Big Mitch Marsh, are at Sunrise's Hyderabad. So that's uh, the Aussies currently in the uh, IPL setup. So um, as you heard there, so Finchie, based on T20 form in the IPL, and then it carried over into the BBL, unfortunately, as well. Um, he did not. He's not currently at an IPL franchise. I would not be surprised if someone gets injured and he goes over for about 70 or 80 grand at some point, I reckon. Talking about yep. Chris Lynn throwing him underarm, did you know that yesterday or today was the nine-year anniversary of that weird guy bowling on ESPN? You know, the who do you think you are, I am guy? Have you oh, seen that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll have to show you. Excellent stuff. Okay. Good gag for podcast. <laughs> we'll share the well, link on our Facebook page. It's called Synergy, Ross. Yeah. Everything goes together. There's well, a link in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, if we actually sort of cared about we cricket, Ross, we, it probably would have been better if we all knew about that guy we could have yeah, talked about. Well, why don't we just read fucking articles from the age for two hours? <laughs> That'll make life Jeff much Lawson easier. How cool would that be? Fuck, that's entertaining. God. Well, if you're excited about that, Bull, Fuck just wait me. for what Ross has got prepared. <laughs> I got the, the I got the holy trinity. I've got nicknames, numbers, and votes coming up later. <laughs> Uh, all right, before we get to the Ross Reads out a bit of paper half hour, we've got some other cricket news going around at the moment. So, we're, uh, so we've got the Australians are currently touring New Zealand as part of their uh, T20i schedule. So um, due to a bit of a COVID scare in New Zealand, they've had a bit of a level three lockdown. So they've had to move the fourth T20 International, which is on Friday, has been relocated from Auckland to Wellington, which is where game three was being played. So now they'll basically, Wellington will have um, essentially, not really back-to-back, but they'll have Wednesday, Friday game will be there. And Auckland loses their game. And the fifth game at this point is still in its current location, which I don't have written down. So it's in New Zealand somewhere. Yes, Ross? Mount Manganui. Lovely ground. Mm. And so, uh, Nick, it was interesting you said they're the T20I schedule because it's fascinated me, this schedule, (laughs) for a few weeks now because when I read it and then put the dates against days of the week, the second week of this tour seems pretty normal. Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, the last three T20s. The first two were Monday. The next one was Thursday. And then they've been on a six-day break, the players, from playing Thursday to the next game being on Wednesday. Mm. 
Yeah, you know, I don't know about some you. Some bungee but, like, jumping and saw the Hobbiton and <laughs> went to the hot <laughs> springs. It's Rotorua for three day yeah. <laughs> day spa trip yeah. or something. Like, what the went fuck up to is Auckland, it about? Sailed off the uh, revolving restaurant. Oh, like, Went to the complain, factory in Wellington. Complain <laughs> constantly about schedules Wellington. and not having enough time and all the rest of it. And they go and throw a six-day break in between two T20s. What the fuck is it all about? Jet lag. doesn't make any sense. Why couldn't they have played three, T20, three ODIs in the first week, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, and then done Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, T20s the second week? How, would you, how could you sit through 14 days of isolation in quarantine to then be made to sit around for six days between two T20s? Like, just, yeah. didn't you just tell them to get fucked? Like, yeah, it doesn't make much sense. Especially well, when I, every other, like, um, domestic-based comp, you basically play every three days. So, yeah. It's not like the second or third day. Yeah. It's just like... I think, you know... Is, Money what talks, they them, I guess. They yeah, just sit through anything because they get paid oh, 400 grand a year or whatever they do, a million bucks. What, what was on in New Zealand this weekend that they couldn't play a game on the weekend? Like they played Monday, Thursday, then Wednesday. What was happening Saturday, Sunday? This Maybe weekend? concerts, comedian playing at the ground. Couldn't rugby league um, practice matches. You know, season's <laughs> coming up. Oh, yeah, no, under 15s rugby school rugby was playing. So <laughs> yeah. the world stops over there for that. Yeah. The high, school high school rugby is like high school football in Texas, mate. Like in New Zealand, everything stops. The whole they, just, they push the news back. It's yeah. Six o'clock for rugby, news at seven o'clock. It's I the assume All Blacks. rugby takes an hour. <laughs> no, I think I've got it actually. The All Blacks were all getting haircuts for charity, so there was nothing uh, on this weekend. Uh, no, yeah. Yeah. David looks impressed with his conversation. <laughs> I'll pass back to you, Mick, to talk about some cricket. Yeah, than all righty. So we're going to talk about those first two T20Is that were played, it feels like, 500 days ago. So um, <laughs> the first T20I was on Feb the 22nd at Hagley Oval in Christchurch. Um, so the Aussies won the toss and elected to bowl, as seems to be Finchie's go, because he does that in the BBL. That's his thing. He likes to chase. Um, the New Zealanders would make five for 184. Big uh, lunch meet, Devin Conway would get 99 not out and uh, Glenn Phillips would chip in with 30. Uh, Jai Richardson would get two for 31 and Dan Sams would take two for 40. Uh, yes, Roscoe? This old um, sandwich meat is uh, born in South Africa, would you believe? He is, yeah. Mm. Which means the moral victory here was for Australia because we had our, we left our South African to play in Queensland, so he's not mm. in So. so we Good actually are the moral victors here. Yeah. Yes. Always the moral victors in international cricket Australia are. I've noticed really? that throughout the years. Yeah, just mm. got to find a way to be the moral victor. And yep. <laughs> so uh, the Aussies will get rolled for 131. Uh, Mitch Marsh will get 45. And straight breaks, Ashton Agar will get 23. Uh, pick of the New Zealand bowlers was uh, Ish, Ish Sodi, who took four for 28. And Big Tim South, he took two for 10. So, for those playing at home, that means New Zealand won by 53 runs. Man of the match was, unsurprisingly, processed lunch meat, Devin Conway. Um, so, yeah, so not a great start. Finchie and Maxwell also made about three between them, I think. So, uh, they're definitely under a bit of pressure for their spots. Um but yeah, so from there we move on to... Yes, Roscoe? Oh, sorry, I just heard that uh, as the game finished and they did the Man of the Match presentation, they were actually playing a little bit of uh, Fleetwood Mac. You can go your Conway. <laughs> yeah, it's good. 
doesn't quite have, doesn't quite have the same ring to it as you can go your soul way, but it yeah, still, it still works. Oh, yeah. oh, come on. There's two letters different. Yeah, but it's my joke, so it's not funny when I say it. That's it's a bit, the delivery was a little bit better, I think, normally. For... By me? Yeah, yeah, because no. I've got a better singing voice. Yeah, yeah. That's Absolutely it. not. Uh, so next up, um, three days later, we would have the second T20 on Feb 25th at the University Oval in Dunedin. Uh, the Aussies won the toss again and elected to bowl. And the New Zealanders would run up seven for 219. Big Martin Gupta would make 97 and Kane Williamson would get 53. Uh, James Nisham would chip in with about 30-odd as well, as, as well as playing a ridiculous fucking ramp shot where he pretty much jumped outside off and hit it over his head for six. So that was <laughs> pretty impressive. Uh, Kane, Richardson was, Kane Richardson was the pick of the Aussie bowling, taking three for 43. Uh, in other news, Marcus Stoin has bowled one over for 17. So, well done there, Gold Stoin. Yes, Roscoe? I was just going to say, the, the last couple of overs, the bowling was terrible to yeah. Nisham. Yes. Like, Nisham came out swinging from his arsehole, fair enough. And he made, like, 40 off 12 balls or something, and he batted well. But the last over from Dan Sams was putrid. Yeah, I was actually... Watching the replay of that just before we started recording, and it was fucking terrible. It was waist high, full tosses outside off and shit. Fucking mm. terrible. Oh, oh, it's like, oh, what ball would they love to have here? I'll serve <laughs> up another one of them. Here we go. What what would they like on the buffet? Oh, that one, that'd be delicious. Oh, here's a big yum yum for you. Yeah, just Speak, wooshka. Speaking mm. of yum yums, the uh, initial bowling to Guptill was. Just pretty much oh, half volleys. Like everyone yeah. bowled two half volleys and over, and then he could just punch down the ground, which was like a fifty-eight meter boundary. The ground was freaking oh. tiny. And before the and before this series, they were talking about him the same way they were talking about Finchy, that he hasn't made a score in forever yeah. and all this stuff. And we got him out cheap in the first game. Then what do we do? Oh, here's a bit of form. Just fucking like with fruit. Just threw form down the fucking pitch. That he has <laughs> a fucking bag. If only if only Finchy could face our bowling. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's that's the good part, Cricket. It averaged three hundred. <laughs> I like how uh, Bull had oh. I don't think you, I don't think the broadband's working properly in, in Bendigo, but we'll, we'll move on. So uh, New Zealand. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Uh, I will say it was very annoying having commentators that were obviously not at the ground commentating. (laughs) Back to stonewalling me. So, um, yeah, so yeah, um, we'll just quickly finish off, then you'll we'll talk about your point, Alex, which is I think it was just the fact that Dave Warner was one of them. Yeah, it's the worst bit. So, uh, the Aussies would make eight for 215 in reply. Uh, the Stoin Cloth would get 78 and Dan Sands would get 41. So I think between his bowling and his batting, he come out about fucking even for the game. Um, <laughs> so Mitchell Santner would take four for 31 for the New Zealanders and James Neesham would pick up two for 10. Um, and New Zealand would win by four runs. Man, the match was Martin Guptill. Um yeah. Yeah, so as Gin talked about, probably the worst thing about this was is the commentators were clearly in the studio watching it on a yes. TV. Made um, comments about that. Yeah, stuff which was well. really annoying. 
The first one I found was far more annoying than the second one purely because Dave Warner was on the first one and he wasn't on the second one. <laughs> yeah. There was one point, I think, Stoinis caught Guptill on the boundary and the camera at the ground, there was no camera in the ground that could get an angle on the catch. So the commentators were like, I think Ishigua was... Anyway, I can't pronounce the name. It's only three letters, but I can't pronounce it. Um, but... Yeah, she was saying, oh, it's gone for six. Oh, no, and they've caught, you know, it's been caught. They didn't yeah. know who caught the ball or who fielded it or what happened. They only found out from Gupta walking off the field that he was out. And I was like, oh, can't you just get someone locally? Like, who cares with the commentator? But surely the um, New Zealand broadcast in New Zealand had New Zealand commentary. Why couldn't we just have that? Yeah, you could see anyway. people on the coverage commentating yeah. from in a booth. Like... Mm. Yes, Roscoe. Uh, hopefully you can hear me. Yeah. I agree. Or why don't they just take the feed and do the, the studio hosting thing that they yeah. normally do with overseas games? It didn't make any sense. Also, they must have had like one monitor because um, at the um, Gabba test, ABC Radio did half of the game out of Sydney and they were describing their setup. They had like eight monitors. Yeah, every camera at all times yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On, on a fixed uh, thing so that they didn't, they weren't getting the producer's edit, they were getting just the camera feed, the actual raw footage. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah, it yeah. costs yeah. less for Foxtel to buy that one feed instead of the seven feeds or however many cameras they've got there. Well, maybe Foxtel were just trying to save us having to listen to fucking yeah, Ian Smith just, and a bunch just, of other New just Zealand take the pricks. Kiwi commentators, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except Ian Smith, anyone else, yeah. Oh, but was, that would have been great because we could have just whinged about him for 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we could that find a way to whinge about anything. We could anything. Have about how bad, how bad yeah. are New Zealand commentators? Oh, I so think, biased. Yeah. Oh. I think yeah. the reason yeah. Foxtel yeah. didn't take the New Zealand feed was because the commentary, it was hard to hear the New Zealand commentary over the sound of Ian Smith eating pies in the back <laughs> of the commentary box. And just a constant crunching of paper. <laughs> Uh, all right, yeah, so that yeah. basically sums up that. So as Ross said, uh, this week coming, the rest of those games will be played, so we'll probably touch on them in the next podcast. Um, before we do move on, actually, from that, uh, it came out earlier today that basically George Bailey has essentially said that Finch isn't going anywhere. He will captain He will captain us at the next T20 um, World Cup in India. Wow. He's not going anywhere. So that was a big endorsement that came out today. Also a number of his teammates basically come out today as well, saying it's all white noise and that the people on the internet should just realize how important Finchie is to the actual team and just deal, deal with it and move on. Basically the players essentially went to the public and said, we like him. He's playing. Go fuck yourself. Um, so yeah. All right. Yeah, no worries. I think, um, like as they say in the AFL, inside these four, yeah, as they say in the AFL, inside these four walls, we rate Finchie. Yeah. Brings a lot to the change room. Very important phrase. I think the thing too is like, and you can't purely purely on this thing, but he's still viewed as the best T20 skipper in Australia. So I think, and his record speaks for itself. Like he's, had form slumps before and come out of him. He also didn't play that badly in the one days against India in the start of the summer. So I think he's only one knock away from fucking um, coming back, I think. But I'm an unabashed Vince Finch fan, and I'll probably go into bat for him more than most other people will. So I think it's um, 
I think he'll come good at some point on one of these small grounds and belt him fucking everywhere. Yes, skin. I think he's a far better ODI cricketer than a T20, in my opinion. Uh, but I'm not as a big a fan of Finch as you. But he's not bad, you know, T20 yeah. career. I think he just, if he gets the ODI cricket, he can take a while to get into his innings. And then he'll yeah. bat for, like, you know, 30 to 40 overs and score his ton of run a ball. But yeah. T20 stuff, yeah. Hasn't he got the highest um, T20I score for an Australian? Oh, most probably, yes. <laughs> He's probably got the most tons, the most 50s, the fastest strike rate, all while being captain too. As you know, I do know a lot about cricket. So. He gets to open, so... Yeah, well, that's good. true. But I think he's made like 160 once or something like that. Yeah. But, um, okay. Yeah. But it is what it is. We'll see what happens. I think mm. the reality is, and like we're talk- I, was talking to- I was talking to this with someone else um, the other day, is I just don't see necessarily a straight-up replacement in the squad right now to take over the captaincy and everything if you took it off him. Someone goes, oh, you can give it to Maxwell. It's like, Maxwell's form's not really any better than Finch's. So, like, he's probably half a ch- he would probably have a chance to get dropped as well. So, um, I think I think they'll stick with it and see what happens. I think at some stage they might have to find a spot for Ben McDermott, but we'll just have to wait and see how that comes about. Um, yeah. All righty. So, yeah, so that winds up um, what's been happening over the way in New Zealand. Um Next up, we're going to throw over to Roscoe, and he's going to have a chat with us about um, what's been going on in the Shield, which has restarted up in the last couple of weeks, and he's going to give us the votes for the Jamie Cox Medal, which is the prestigious Sheffield Shield Medal handed out here by the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast team. Um, yeah, so I'll throw over to you, Roscoe, with your Shield wrap. Excellent. Yeah, thanks for throwing to me. I appreciate that. It's good to throw and call it. Well, Victoria played New South Wales, right? Back to back games, yeah. <laughs> We've got a bit At the same venue. The have this... left the room. Good idea. So that for those playing at home, this is going to be one of our fantastic run-of-the-mill terrible fucking audio podcasts. We, have, we haven't had a really terrible audio one for a while, so um, oh. so this is a bit of a throwback episode. So we uh, <laughs> back to our roots, Rick. back That's to our great. roots, and um, yeah. I'll just clink a glass on the table and pick up a plate with half a palmer on it. So <laughs> really go back to what we used to do. Get Alrighty, some... Roscoe, how are we going over? In... How are we going, buddy? <laughs> Bulls loving this, by the way, <laughs> listeners. Um, a man who really wanted to be here, um, and this is just going to extend the time out by at least twenty to thirty minutes, I reckon. You back with us, Roscoe? All right. So, all right, Roscoe, we're having a few technical difficulties with Roscoe. So we're going to move on. We're going to have a chat about what the world of cricket was um, just going on about in the last few days. And that was the test between India and England. Yes. So um, basically, um, so for those living under a rock, England is currently touring India. And the last two test matches have seen Two pitches which um, would give Ashton Agar the ability to actually fucking turn a ball. <laughs> so, um, 
the most recent one was the most extreme of the two. Is probably the nicest way of putting it, which effectively saw the ball turning like a five-day pitch from day well, not day one, from fucking ball one, basically. So, um, England won the toss and elected a bat, which was a pretty fucking ballsy move when you think about it in hindsight. <laughs> um, so, they would get rolled for 112 or 48.4 overs. Uh, the man who was never going to play cricket again, Ishan Sharma and Jasper Bourne would open the bowling. <laughs> um, they would only bowl 11 of those 48 overs. Um so it was Ashka, um, not Ashka, it was Aksar Patel um, would take six for 38 off 21 overs. And um, so he's only in about his, I think he's only in second. about his second test. Yeah, I think it's And it's something second. like in his two tests, he's taken as many fifers in India as, um, fuck, who was it? It was someone else who's like, like fucking James Anderson or someone. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good stat if you actually know the fucking facts. But anyway, he's taken a lot of fifers for someone who's played two tests. That's a pretty good effort. Um, there's, um, Radical Zach Crowley did get 53 for the Englishman, and he was basically the only Englishman to pass 20. So um, no Indian so no Indian quicks bowl many overs. Indian spinners taken fifers at home. It isn't really news, but it was probably the Indian um, innings that raised a few eyebrows. So India would get rolled for 145. With uh, Rohit Sharma getting 66 and Coley getting 27, same again. No one else in their in their innings past 20 runs either. But it was the English bowling that highlighted what this pitch had in it. As Joe Root would take five, four, eight off 6.2 overs, and the ball was turning fucking phenomenal amounts. Like yeah. he he is he is a genuine fucking part timer that. Was it was fucking insane what was going on? Even if even if you saw fucking Ashwin or someone doing this, you'd be like, "Fuck, this is really good bowling." And the fact that Root was doing it kind of gives you an idea of what was going on with this. Yeah, team. if um, you're accurate enough to put it somewhere appropriate, you get yeah. the wickets right. Yeah, hundred percent. So, um, so England's second inning saw much of the same. Not one single fast bowler bowled an over in the England batting innings. <laughs> um, Patel they picked four, didn't they? Yeah. No, no. Sorry, this is it. yeah, yeah. Yes, but this is in the Indian, sorry. Oh, uh, Indian bowling, bowling. To, yeah, yeah, bowling yeah. To, to England. Yeah, um, yeah. So, Patel would take another Pfeiffer, which gave him 11 wickets for the game. England would be rolled for 81, and India would chase it down, for, would chase down the 49 required without losing a wicket. So, yeah, but as Alex said, England picked four fast bowlers and not one bowled a single over in that 49 chase that <laughs> India had. Joe Root and Jake or Jack or Jim or Jacob, whatever the cunt's name is, Leach, opened the fucking bowling and bowled all the fucking overs. So, um, yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit much. Like, I get the, there's a few people complaining and, you know, there's a lot of comments today. He did the rounds of Nathan Lyon saying, you know, he loved it and it's good yeah. to see. Of course you fucking love it, Nathan, because you're a fucking spin bowler, you clown. <laughs> fucking hell. Even I would go, yeah, I'd love to bowl on that. Not even fucking turn it, mate. Of course you fucking want to bowl on a pitch like that. Uh, and yeah. Me being a spinner, I did enjoy the test match. Yeah. Just blokes just going, boo. <laughs> and it either turns or it doesn't. And no one's got any idea what it's going to do. Uh, I think the main yeah, thing... See. Sorry, yeah, go, Roscoe. Oh, I think uh, that that was no lag there. I think I fixed the issue. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Whipped the hamster, the, mate. Yeah. Push the, the boost ham- button. Hit, hit, the, hit the hamster with a thing of 
eat syringa caffeine and he's just off he goes. Uh, but I don't think it's going to matter because no one's listening through the three minutes yeah. of everyone <laughs> silent and talking about how we can't, can't go on. <laughs> but um, uh, so with this... They will when they know I've got a segment coming up after that. Yeah. So, so with the English innings, um, yeah. I don't think the problem with it, I don't think the, like, the pitch is what it is. I don't mm. think that's the end of the world. I think the problem from a point of view is that it lasted two days. There was 40 wickets in two fucking days. So this test went for 140 overs. So it's not even fucking two days. Because what's two days? 180 or 190. If you yeah. play two fucking days, yeah. 180. So it's the shortest completed test since 1935. And it's the seventh shortest test of all time. So... Yes, Ian Chappell would say something along the lines of it's the shortest test since covered wickets. <laughs> Whatever that uh, means. Yeah. <laughs> Back in my day, yeah. <laughs> played on uncovered pitches. Ah. Matting. I went to India <laughs> once for a tour and it was matting. Coil matting. <laughs> but, yeah, um, that sort of stuff. Yeah, so like I said, I don't like... Is it ideal? No. Is it the end of the world? No. Um, it's but, an anomaly. Yeah. It happened once. The, the good thing is they get to play the next test on the same ground. So hopefully they're producing a different pitch. This is like my idea of playing consecutive matches, but perhaps not on the same pitch. Yeah, so At the same ground, but different pitch. It'll be interesting to see how it all goes. As if it's a green top and you couldn't pick all their spinners. <laughs> they swap it around and get her off of 40. <laughs> Uh, but it was interesting. The Indian players said that the pitch was fine, and it was an execution problem on their part for losing like eight for oh, twenty okay. in their first innings. That's yeah. what I don't know whether that's just like bluster and yeah. whatever going to the media and helping out the ground staff and the BCCI as a whole, yeah. um, just following the party line or not. But they, that's I think that's what Rohit said. That yeah, we all lost yeah. our. Well, they went, he went out cheaper, I think, in the first innings. No, he went cheap in the set. And I didn't, yeah, you know, he got 60 and not out. So oh, maybe come. maybe it was Coley or yeah. um, Pajara that was saying it. But, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I, don't, I disagree with that. I think yeah. absolutely not. Like, blokes are missing it by foot and they're off stumps falling out of the ground. So it's like, that's not an execution thing, in my opinion. But Well, I know who did have a few execution issues because yeah. I watched his entire second innings. Johnny Bairstow. Oh, Johnny Pesto. He went out there and tried to sweep the first ball he saw yep. just without getting anywhere near the pitch of it. Hit him. He's given LBW, but then he reviewed it and it was going high. Yeah. And then the very next ball, he bowled through the gate. He missed it by about that much and it didn't spin. <laughs> uh, I did tend to agree. I think they got to a point in the England innings <clears throat> where they only had a couple of wickets left. And I can't remember which commentator it was, but they basically made the comment that there's no idea you can know what the ball is doing. So just pretend it's a two t twenty and fucking just charge it and try and hit it on the full. Which yeah. I actually don't think was the worst fucking advice with the way the ball was fucking going. But um but no one took that tact, obviously. But yeah. me personally, like was like two day test match aren't, aren't ideal. Um no. but any test match that results in no English people telling me how fucking good Jimmy Anderson is, I'm all for it. <laughs> I am all for it. If this is what it takes for them to shut the fuck up about Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad, fucking give me these all the fucking time. Give it to me every single time. We should start laying these out all across Australia as well. Fucking just, that's it. <laughs> um, so, because I reckon. Go, go, Roscoe. Yeah, I reckon we can produce more better spinners than England can. So, why not? 
Staging turners. Um, so what does this mean for Australia making the World Test Championship um, final? I think England has to win the next test, so the, so the series is a draw. Yeah, a two-all so draw. Think, yeah. yeah, so I think if the series is a draw, we go in. If India win 2-0, which it will be, or 2-1, sorry, yeah. um, they go in, I think. Yeah. It's basically that's it. So, But, um, yeah, which, depending on what they do pitch-wise, is probably going to be highly unlikely that um, the Indians don't win. It's not, not impossible. But um, there's still a chance that um, we can get in. But the fact is, when it's like the old footy adage and, the, and park cricket adage, when you start relying on other people to help you out, you're probably fucked already. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you've got to wait for things to go your way, yeah, should have just gone to South Africa or you know beat India yeah. at home. That's it. Should have won those fucking. Dash. Should have won those unfucking losable tests, and we would have been all right. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, speaking of blokes um, losing shit, uh, Rory Burns lost his shit in the oh, aftermath of this test match as well. So um, Alexandra Hartley, who is a English female cricketer, um, put a little tweet out with a little bit of uh, tongue-in-cheek and a little bit of jest saying, it was nice of the England boys to get this test match finished just before the England women come on to play with a few you know, clapping emojis. Um, and it was like, catch us on BTS cricket. Channel 72 or whatever it fucking was. Um, Rory Burns' reply was a uh, very disappointing attitude considering all the boys, and he put boys in quotes, so I don't know whether that means he's not a boy or he is a boy. Or, he's pissed off about being like, called a he, boy. Yeah, is he, or is he like Pinocchio where he's not a real boy, he's a wooden boy? Or, <laughs> but, um, but he said after all the boys do to support the women's game. So um, And there's a few other people, Ben Duckett, who everyone went, Duck it, duck it. Who the fuck is duck it? But um, apparently he wasn't impressed either and a few other blokes had a whinge. There was, and I fucking forgot to write it down, but there was a former English player slash um, media personality of the female variety who basically said, pray do tell in response to Rory Burns and what the boys do to support the women's game. Yeah. So there's definitely um, maybe... There's... That's what I thought when I read that too. It's yeah. like, what do you do? Yeah, so there's definitely... Um, there might be a little bit of uh, unease between the two parties. But I, yeah. you know what? No one likes to get flogged. And then when it makes it worse, when you look like Rory Burns, it's probably even harder to get flogged because you just look in the mirror and just get even more disappointed. Just so... get over yourself, Burns. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, he'll click but, one of the pirates of the Caribbean. He'll be yeah, all right. That's, yeah, he'll he'll bounce back. Um, uh, I did think about this. Is probably going to cast some shade over the Australian men's side, but I don't mean it this way. But I wonder if the Australian men and women's side would have such a good relationship if they didn't have two players that were mm. married. Man. I think that are playing. Yep. They are yeah. married. Yep. Yeah, I wonder what That's it was if point. there was still that yeah. connect. Would there still be that sort of talk that Burns has said? If there was a bit of you know banter online or something like that, I wonder how mm. it would be. Um, but not definitely not throwing shade anywhere, saying it would be shit. I just yeah, I want to know if if that relationship has made the relationship between the two sides better. Half the pricks who play on the Aussie team can't read anyway. So they don't really know what's going on. They're too busy matter. selling shit online to get yeah, into an right. argument about stuff. <laughs> 
Yeah, Steve Smith's reply to that tweet will be, "Don't watch it on this channel. Watch it on Foxtel." Like, rah, 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 rah. Yeah, we'll say make sure you watch it on an OLED TV. Make sure you've got an OLED. Balance slippers on, kick back and watch it on Foxtel. Don't forget to don't forget to turn on your Fujitsu. Australia's over there. Spray some nice oral. Oh my god! back in time with that one. But yeah, anyway, so that's just that. England cricket just fucking eating each other. So that's just... yeah. you love to see it, don't you? Yeah, oh, love great. Warms the cockles. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I, I don't want to see them with the next test, though. So. Yeah, well, yeah, it'd be nice, but I think in the grand scheme of things, it'd be nice for the test series thing just to, if you win it, so you can be the first one to say you've won it. But yeah, we'll just see how that all plays out. So, um, I'm right to go, Mick. So Ross is back and back with us. Yeah, He's back. uh. <laughs> The hamster's spinning the wheel and the internet's up and running, so we will throw over to Roscoe and we'll get his right shield there. wrap. Thank you, Ross. 60, it's 60 bucks a month, mate. Get a decent <laughs> connection. Uh, Stop off your phone. 50, 50 megs a second or whatever we've got in Australia that we think's good. <laughs> it's good enough for Kazakhstan. It's good enough for us. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> first game was uh, Tassie versus Queensland. Quick quiz for you. What is Mac Wright's full name? McDonald. Machiavelli. No. Left, no. right. No. McAllister. Ah. Yeah. Caleb Jewell made his maiden century for Tasmania, making 140. His previous high score was 52. Tassie made 332. Xavier Bartlett, no, Brendan Doggett, son of a paper magnet, he took four for 88. Queensland's first innings, Joe Burns made 171. He's back. And Manus, yeah, Manus made 49. Broken, no one else made... clocks right fucking twice a day as well. Don't get excited about Joe Burns. So, <laughs> so they're all out 275. And uh, Bo Webb's the quarterback, four for 50. Bowling a few mediums, I saw. Bowling the meds. Has he batted a second time? A couple of half centuries to old mate Jordan Silk and Jake Doran. And that meant they were all out 252, which gave Queensland the target of 310 to make in the fourth innings of the match. And this uh, day four was dominated by Manus Labuschagne, who made 78, and Usman Khawaja, 115 not out. And he saw them over the line. They won. Hey, 310 yeah, for seven. Joe Burns made 20. Yeah, so when you really need runs out of me, made 20. Thanks, Joe Burns. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, it was good to see um, Jared Freeman play for Tasmania. It's always good to see a Jared playing first-class cricket, I think. He took uh, no wickets, which was a good return for him. After, yeah. But uh, old Bo Webster, he's the whole medium off-spin Andrew Simon style. He was doing that in the BBL too. The Renegade. Oh, oh really? okay. There you go. It was good to see he wasn't Tassie's only spinner because he actually played a spinner, Jared Freeman, off-spinner. How many anyway, keepers did uh, they have, Ross? What's that, sorry? How many keepers did they have? Tassie, renowned for oh, having Tassie. two or three keepers. Well, Tassie, all yeah, yeah. Yep, well, they had Jake Doran, Tim Payne. They were both in the team. They're both keepers. And that was it. Oh, so shit. Right on. Usually they'd throw in a Ben McDermott or mm. Alex Doolan to keep the quota up to three or four, but not, not this time. Is that a change uh, of like, regime there or something that's gone different, different method of playing shield cricket? Only two keepers. I mean, that's Victoria. Yeah, it's going to get really slumped. 
Yeah, it's going to get really slow and boring if you keep interrupting me with tidbits like that. Queensland 7.65, Tassie 2.31 points. Correct to two decimal places. There's, there's three important things here. We've done the names and the numbers. Now we've got to get to the votes, okay? Yes, okay. Don't slow me down. Sorry, mate. Uh, we're in a tight schedule, tight ship, okay? David's spoken. He said we want a tight ship tonight, and uh, all you're doing is slow me down. Joe Burns, three votes. Caleb Jewell, two. And Usman Khawaja won the game from just got the one vote, though, because anyone could have. You know, got red ink, 115, chasing down 310. So he just got yeah, one. Second innings, second innings runs. Ah, second know. innings runs. Yeah, you got to set the game up. Man, man. So, yeah. yeah. Joe Burns got three. Yeah, he was better. It just is. Okay. New South Wales versus uh, Victoria at the Sydney Cricket Ground. They don't often play cricket this ground, but uh, good to get it a run out. Uh, fourth time this year, I think it was. Uh, New South Wales bad first, that terrible. 165 all out. Three to Johnny Holland. Didn't know he was still alive, let alone playing cricket. Victoria, yeah. Nick Maddinson made 77 off 80, just belled them round. No one yep. else made much. 200. And uh, it was, um, what did they do there? No wickets. Mm, it's a bit weird. Oh, six and eight and nine. That's it. Six for 21 off 16. Yeah, wow. bowled well. Man, Mitch Stark, though, none for 71 off 14, going at five and over. Mm. Did some four, didn't he? Yeah, yes. He, um, yeah, not, I just not, remembered something there, so we'll move on. Yeah. No. We'll move on because I remembered something. Yeah. All right. Uh, Batten, a second time, New South Wales didn't fare much better. 73 to Sean Abbott off 75. Killed him. 175 all out. So two totals underneath 200. It's like watching the Australian test team bat in the first two tests this summer. <laughs> Same top four or something anyway. Scotty Boland, faced like a rock wheeler, got four for 57. Victoria second in target 141. They did the hard way. Mick Madison fired up, but uh, then it was Jake Fraser-McGurk, 38, not out. And James Patterson, who was bold with them needing one to win, 16 off 67 balls in uh, an hour and a half. You've got them over there, crept over the line in 57 overs. Four wickets to Nathan Lyon, four for 57 off 28 overs. He opened the bowling, so he got a 10 for, 10 for 78, I think it was. It, so it was no. good effort. Yeah, Points. No. Now, this surprised me. Points. Victoria, seven. Uh-huh. New South Wales one. Oh, right. No, yeah, don't know what's going on there. Run rate's probably too slow to get the extra points or something. Wasn't well, there? I know. Three to Nathan Lyon, two for Nick Madison. Sorry. Yeah. One for Sean Abbott. Sorry, Mick, back to you. Oh, I was going to say that because the New South Wales guys didn't pass Victoria's first inning score, that probably fucked their points up. Mm. Mm. Well, they batted first, too. So they probably oh, sorry. Well, they, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They definitely didn't pass it then. Victoria added another home ground to its long list of home grounds. Um, this time, remember the whole scenario how there's so few, there's only the MCG, only, it's the only ground in Victoria that had first class status. Yep. Well, Victoria found another new home ground. There's MCG, Junction Oval, Alice Springs, and now Bankstown Oval in Sydney as a home. <laughs> Due to COVID restrictions, New South Wales wouldn't have been allowed to go to South Australia if they'd come through Victoria. Mm-hmm. So Victoria stayed there. It's very sensible, actually. Yep. Uh, Victoria Good on the Vicks for doing that, too, because they could have kicked oh, up yeah. a stink. Yeah. Yeah. They could have, but, you know. Yeah, take not? notes, WA. Yeah, just better people. <laughs> They're just better <laughs> yeah, people, just the better Victorians. People. Yeah. Maddie Short made 94 in a woeful batting display, 190 all out, and it was 6 for 39, unfortunately, to Harry Conway. Uh, one of the podcast's least favourite players. Oh, New South Wales. <laughs> in a reply, 141 to Moises Enriquez. And 74 to that bloke I thought he retired about three years ago, Peter <laughs> Neville. 
Remember him? Also skipper. a skipper. Yeah. Skipper. It's amazing how you can retire and still be skipper and still um, <laughs> make runs and still keep quite well. It's amazing. Jim Pat, four for 60. Mitch Perry, three for 63. Um, the big news in this game actually was that uh, Dean Solway, not Dean, Daniel Solway, sorry, played because... Um, Steve Smith had a severe recurrence of his freak elbow injury from a couple of years back. Apparently, he was holding too many New Balance products and he just heard it go twang <laughs> in, a, in a promo shoot the other day. And just, whoa, whoa. So he's, he's, he's fanned his hands, but he sort of lost his elbow in the transition through there. So that's unfortunate for him. We'll just stack on the All jokes. Right. I like it. <laughs> All right, well. Just, just making fun of a guy with injuries, Ross. I don't know if I'm really... If this podcast yeah, is about uh, that. Don't get me started on what's going on with these. Uh, I'll just go to the duo of New South Wales fast bowlers, Pat Cummins and um, Hazelwood. Like they can't play two games, which it's two. Come on. New South Wales got four Shield games across February, March and April. Like they couldn't play them. Like just... That's true. Anyway, whatever. Nick Maddinson, good form, 61 uh, runs he made before his bowl on Nathan Lyon. Peter Hanscom made a fourth innings ton today, saved the game, 124 not out. And Seb Gotch made 26 of 124 balls, striker at a 20, did the job. And that meant that the points were Victoria at 1.7, so one decimal place. Oh. New South Wales, 3.08. There you go. They're really so not interested. No, Sorry, across the, no, that's right. Across the two games, uh, Victoria came out on front. They got eight points and New South Wales only got four. So we're twice as good as them. Okay. So I was going to say the point system uh, really doesn't incentivize a batathon draw then. Because no. not many points share between the sides. You know. I think there's also there's a bit of rain, which didn't help. Oh, that's true. It was a fuckload of rain. And a bit of go slow. Yeah. yeah. Moises Enriquez got three. Harry Conway got two. Pete Hanscom with one, saving the game. Once again, uh, Jamie Cox medal doesn't vary you fourth in his runs. Who's <laughs> the one? All right, we head to the last game. And I think this game, is it still going? It might be. Very well. This could be. Live? We're still on live. I think, um, not even sure. I'm at the live match center. I can't even tell. Uh, anyway, it's going right down to the wire. South Australia, 510 for eight. Uh, our mate Travis Head made a double ton. Which would have been good for you, Alex. You're a big fan of his. Yeah, he'll be back in the... He'll stay in the test side forever. Now, here you go. You know South Australia turned a corner and they're heading in the right direction. They could come fifth this year because um, they're playing two keepers, Alex Carey and Harry Nielsen, and they're batting uh, them both above Jake Lehman, who's reappeared from nowhere. Uh, out of the wilderness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's coming out with a big beard and a long mm. hair because he's been out in the desert for... <laughs> Do you, have a, volley, do you have a volleyball under his arm with his first fucking... <laughs> yeah, Mr. Wilson yeah. <laughs> just wandered in. And he's batting at seven beneath two keepers. He made 43 not out in the first inning, so good on him. Uh, New South... Not New South Wales. Western Australia replied with uh, 409 for five declared. Cam Bancroft, mixed man, made 126. Boom. And Cameron Green, <laughs> 168 not out. Well, was big Fuck daddy runs, doesn't he? Fucking hell. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> See how tall he is? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Right, 
Friday, South Australia got the wobbles up early in their innings. They were four for 40 before the two keepers came together. Alex uh-huh. Kerrim at 82, Aaron Nielsen 67, Jake Lehman 11, so not as good. Nine for 230, which set Western Australia impossible targets, 332 in about two and a half sessions. And they got the serious wobbles up. Sean Marsh made 45, but then it looks like the last two are still there. There's a game over, I don't know. Draw, Cameron Ross. Gannon is not out 13th. And there we go. Liam O'Connor not out zero off 11 balls. So it looks like the last two faced out about the last three overs to bring on a draw. Ooh, good match. Now, he, David, David Grant, you've probably heard of him before. I have, Alex. yes. Heaps of times. Yeah. He's Chris he took, Grant's brother. He took, a, <laughs> <laughs> he took a Grant for in the first innings, none for 102. Yes. But fired up in the second innings, four for 38. Uh, I thought he might be the uh, replacement for Lloyd Pope's efforts in the side. I think he's a pace bowler, yeah, unfortunately. Oh. And um, Dan Worrell, four for 30. So they're the two who, uh, In fairness, the way, Lloyd the, Pope, the way Lloyd Pope bowls spin, he might be a pace bowler as well. Sad <laughs> <laughs> day when he's not selected in the side because then I can't update my Lloyd Pope spreadsheet for the year. <laughs> Just blank for That's this right. round. DNB did not bat all. <laughs> DNP did not Did play. you know I did check my cricket for Lloyd Pope's grade cricket results for this year and disappointingly they weren't terrible. It was just uh, standard leg spin mm. output at grade cricket level, which is probably why he gets picked up at the top, I think. So South Australia will be bitterly disappointed there not to get their first win since the turn of the millennium. Uh, South Australia 3.27, Western Australia 2.65. Good to see the decimals back. Mm-hmm. Votes, Travis Head 3, Cameron Green 2 and Cam Bancroft 1 because he made the lowest of the three tons. Easy votes, mate. Next, yeah. uh, next round of games starting the 5th of March. It's exciting stuff. Do you want the leaderboard after six rounds? Yes. Why not, Roscoe? Fill us in, mate. Um, yeah. It's two-way tie for first place. And it's a one, two, three, four, five-way tie for second place. So on five votes in second place, Smash, Swepson, Enriques, Abbott and Cam Green. And then top of the table, Pekoski and Head on six votes. Yep. If, if it keeps going this way, it's going to put us broke, having to mint all these medals that we'll yeah, have to hand out. Uh, they're, well, they're not cheap. We it'll, be like that, it'll be like that Brisbane Lions best and fairest with like fucking six cunts one. <laughs> <laughs> We'll put us broke. We'll have to sell so many um, hats and stubby holders. I mean, they make us money, of course, but geez, we're going to have to put out another run, I reckon. Indeed. All righty. So that wasn't all the domestic cricket that happened um, in Australia over the last couple of weeks, Roscoe. So I believe we had a little bit of list A action as well. So let's um, oh, fill us in what's been happening in the marsh. So it's, is this is this the Rodney, the Sean, or the Mitch Marsh Cup? So, yeah. this is the Jeff Marsh Cup. This ah, one. Ah, oh, the one you didn't say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a Swampy Cup set to sizzle. <laughs> yeah. So this started two weeks ago, and there's been two games. <laughs> oh, firing, flying along. Yeah. And just wasn't reported on anywhere. Like, we heard about Shield starting up again, but the Marsh was just like, it just happened. There was a game. So at well, this rate, yeah. is the final set for July or is it going to be like the public <laughs> holiday before the grand final in September? <laughs> They're only playing five games each. 
It's gone. Turn the clock back to 1992 before they <laughs> double round robin. Anyway, um, some strange stuff going on. Uh, I, I was wondering, the first game was on a Monday and then the week later, the next game was on a Monday. And I thought, why are these games on Sunday when people might actually be able to go to them and there's you know, local yeah. cricket Saturday and all that sort of stuff. I turned on the uh, Fox Sports to watch a bit of this and the first thing I heard Junior and Brett Lee say is, I wonder why this game's not on Sunday. Because <laughs> <laughs> there were eight spectators watching the game. Yeah, yeah. Was it's it not an just RDO? me who finds... Oh, yeah, he's oh, yeah. uh, in the industrial <laughs> sector, aren't he? Yeah, this is what the... Um... How are they going to have a union barbecue on the hill while they watch the fucking <laughs> day? <laughs> Spit on some scabs while they're there. <laughs> Why would you have that on your day off, Nick? Surely you have yeah. a barbecue on a working day. Yeah, well, absolutely. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You can't spit on people anymore in COVID yeah. times. Oh, oh it's true. <laughs> he's hit him with pieces of rope or Yeah, cord. that's right, yeah. 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 yeah that you throw cinder blocks at him. <laughs> cinder blocks. Sanitize the cinder block then. Yeah. Yeah. You go. Yeah. Have that bucket they dip oh. the balls in. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah one day's go, Marinara sauce. Yeah, they're pretty good, I think, overall. Yeah, I think people are happy. There are eight people who went, so it was a good day out. <laughs> yep. Anyway, Jesus. my my theory on this, my conspiracy theory is they don't want any crowds to go to any games. So they've scheduled as much of the cricket in this block across Feb, March, April. Uh, because they're not playing in hubs, they've just scheduled as much cricket as possible on weekdays. Okay. Yeah, okay. The Shield, I know it went into Sunday today, but every other day basically has been weekdays, Saturday or something here, if it's been unavoidable. March anyway, 5th to Friday, so that's going to be an interesting one for the next round. Yeah. Well, COVID's taken March off, so it's yeah. all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Steve Smith made 127, and um, Oliver Davies, the uh, kid who's going to play for Australia in about six months' time, played 57, and uh, Pat Cummins made 49. They made 318 for nine, which is like uh, below par, I'd say, at North Sydney. Yeah. But um, Victoria were pretty ordinary in reply. Marcus Harris made 47, Matt Short 67, Jim Pat 54 off 30, but all out with um, four overs to spare. So not worth talking about, really. Pat Cummins took three for his now captain New South Wales because um, he's going to captain them in 50 over cricket so yep. that he knows how to captain the test team. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. 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 Why he wouldn't captain them in the shield and not even bother playing these 50 over games has got me beat. Anyway, there you go. Who knows? Umpire was Rod Tucker. So oh. that was good. Uh, points in the Marsh Cup are a little bit dull. They just go four for the winner, zero for the loser. So yep. That's not make of that either. what you will. No. Born. So the Vicks got zero then? They got nil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. New system for allocating votes for the Mark Higgs medal this year. Ten votes to distribute per game as the vote giver sees fit. Yes. So seven to Steve Smith, two to... Two to Paddy Cummins and one to Ivor Davies. Well done, Ivor. Yeah. Right. He's, he's, either, he's a young uh, kid from the Thunder gonna... that got like the 57-year contract, wasn't he? That's it. He's going to stand on the top deck of the Southern Stand and play great Southern Stand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. He might be the lead singer of Ice House, or he could be a young cricket from New South Wales. I'm not really mm. sure. Mm. One or the nice. other. Have you enjoyed that, Alex? 
No, didn't get the reference. No. Sorry, mate. Okay. <laughs> I try my best. Yeah, I know. You can only do your best, mate. They're good on you for That's trying. It. I heard that mm. Ivor Davies kid is dating Rod Tucker's daughter. Really? <laughs> Shit, that's pretty good, Mick. That's pretty good. Cool. Deep cut, yeah. but it's pretty good. Cool. I'm sure our overseas listeners would get that at all, but that's pretty good. That's some sharp uh, stuff. Huh. Alrighty. I got uh, one to go, I think, in this uh, long and rambling. It's the, the same tone the whole really, way through, no, which makes it kick really exciting this week, for I see. Okay. I see you saying keep doing that. <laughs> so who'd we have in the, who'd we have in the other game, Roscoe? Tassie and Queensland met. Yeah, happy days. Uh, Tassie and Queensland met. Yeah. Jordan Silk made 77. They made 237. And they're out one ball, sh- one ball short of their allotted overs. Terrible. Terrible. Can't do that. No. Billy Stanlake took four for 24 off 10. Alex, Jeez. just for you. Yeah, he's back. Get him in the uh, test side. Yeah, Usman Kawhi just said, hang on, fellas, I don't care if there's five openers in this team. I'm opening the batting in this one-day stuff. So he pushed out uh, Matt Renshaw and Joe Burns and said, I'm, I'm going into face-up first. Thanks, fellas. And fair enough, too. He made 93. And they made 238 for six and one with three overs to spare. Ah. Where was, was that played at, Roscoe? Uh, the Bell Reeve Oval in Hobart. Oh, and the votes. Yeah. yeah. The votes, Usman Khawaja got uh, five. Jordan Silk got three. Yeah. Two votes to Billy Stanlake. I don't rate bowlers in one-day games. <laughs> and uh, that's it. Yeah. All righty. Thanks, Ross. I heard there's a rumor going around mm. that at the Bell Reeve Oval there, um, at one end of the ground, they're in the process of building a new structure. <laughs> and in that structure... There's a steeple, and in nice. that steeple, there's a bell, and from now on, that end of the oval will be referred to as the bell end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's a throwback episode, so we'll throw back to one of our finest jokes, yeah. I guess. That one's for you, Luffy. I hope you liked it. All righty. So um, <laughs> that's us done for, oh, this, for the, the 144th episode of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. We'd like to thank Time. our sponsors oh. at the Imagine Frederick that. Harold Sock Company. So hit that guys up at Frederick Harold for all your sock wearing needs. Buy some socks. I'll plant some trees. We'll save the planet one podcast at a time. Absolutely. All righty. So thank you, boys. Just a Thanks. final thought from yes, me. Yes, Roscoe. Yep. Yeah, just I can't believe oh, look, we've done that 144 times. I know. Yeah. Jesus. When Amazing. I heard that number, I was yeah. like, fuck, I nearly at 150. It's like 154 I can believe it. <laughs> so, what else could we be doing with this time? I don't I mean, know. We could be annoying David in some other format, I guess, <laughs> instead of just getting him on screen for an hour and a half every, every second delivering, Sunday. <laughs> delivering fish to his house at this yeah. hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a busy Emergency. man, fellas. Busy Emergency man. late night flathead delivery. <laughs> That's it. Straight Get up it the boat, into mate. my veins. Someone had to deliver. We are currently closed. <laughs> Straight we from your current... esky to my fridge. <laughs> oh, Mick. We are currently closing in on Mark War's highest test score. <laughs> we are fucking oh, true. True. Oh, We are closing in on that milestone. So keep We are 153 not that. out. And then yeah. once we click over to 154, we're officially a daddy podcast. Yeah. And it'll be a great day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right. Big episodes, a... big sizzle. 
Yeah, I actually did have a final thought, Mick. It was suggested to me. I haven't seen this anywhere other than a video I've watched of um, our mate Cam Ferguson being interviewed about this. So I think I feel like it's the host of this Fox Sports show who created this idea that they should have the BBL teams play 50 over cricket. Oh, yeah. That was Cam Ferguson trying to get another job, I think. Yeah. I actually think it's not a bad idea because they, I, I know there's a lot of things, well, if they're good enough, they'll get a game for their state. But I actually think it gets very narrow. And you've seen blokes who are quite decent BBL players and you think, I wonder if they are good 50-over players. Um, blokes, I'm thinking like um, Chris Green, um, yeah. Oliver Davies. He actually did get a game for New South Wales, but he played or every game if there's Sydney Thunder 50-over team. I think it's got merit. I think you don't play enough 50 over cricket. We're not going to win the next 50 over World Cup playing five games this season, is my opinion. Yeah, anyway, like, there you go. that raises a fair point. But every other time we've had an extra team, they've been fucking piss poor and get flogged. So yeah, that's I true. Don't know. The other thing is, is the talent yeah. pool deep enough? Because the BBL, and I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but every BBL team has two or three international blokes, which means across the whole competition, that's basically another 12 blokes you've got to find yeah, yeah. to fill these teams. And then you've got to find another four blokes for each team on top of that to fill out the squads and do we actually have, and we should, a country our size, but do oh, we have yeah. enough talent to fill yeah. those teams and for them to be competitive? That's the thing. So. Yeah, it's true. I do agree with that. I think I think there's enough there because we're seeing you've got state teams, shield teams, and then you've got BBL teams. And I think that they're so different. Like shield, shield sides, the shield openers most of the time don't play BBL. So there's two yeah, extra blokes sometimes. And there would be no internationals, I wouldn't have thought. But I think they've got enough depth there that uh, you could get blokes, yeah, that, that there'd be enough. Because it's, it it's that meeting ground. Yeah. Anyway. What it would do is it might actually raise a situation where someone like this year is a really good example. James Seymour at the Essendon Cricket Club in Premier mm-hmm. Cricket in Melbourne mm-hmm. has made almost 1,000 runs at an average of 99 and can't get a sniff at any Victorian level cricket where yeah. if you had a renegades and the yeah. stars there's a very good chance he'd be in one of those sides playing true. that level of cricket That's just to right. see if he's good enough and to play anything else so yeah that's it. That's it. That's exactly what I reckon about. And same with um, Alex's mate, Peter Hatsoglu. He'd be probably playing for Renegades yeah. 50 over cricket. Well, there's talk of him playing for Victoria at the moment. There was an article about it the other day. They reckon he's half a chance to actually play for Victoria in the next one day. So, <laughs> yeah. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. I don't know if it'll get up because I think the states will push back against it. But um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, Guinea. What will all the football commentators that love the Bushies so much think about not having a Victorian yeah, side? First they got rid of the Bushies, then they got rid of the Victorian men's side. What's yeah. next? Mm. <laughs> love me, Victorian. Yeah, I actually story. think it's got it's got it's a really good idea, and it fits a bit with um, Greg Chapel's idea of playing more of the Shield before the Test summer. So just play it then. Then you know October, November be all Shield, BBL December or late December, January bit of February and then three weeks of 50 over cricket yeah. taking you through to you know first week into March and then just finish off a couple of shield games in the final or something. Yeah, it'll be, it's like I said, it's got some merit. It'll be the other thing you got to realise too is that um, once you start getting towards March, those footy grounds that the Renegades and the Stars use will probably want the AFL will probably want them back to play footy on uh, as well. Yeah. So, yeah, but the That's junk right. so prob- the junk the should be able to handle. Okay. The junk should be able to handle it on its own, nearly, but because you're not yeah. you're not going to really need the MCG and Marvel to play fucking list A games. But 
Yeah. That's right. And if it's more in February, then there might be a chance. Like if, the, if they just play three weeks of that, which is like eight games, three weeks, whatever. Yeah. And then um, final in first weekend of March or something. Yeah. All righty. Well, we'll see. It, it might have legs, but we'll see if it goes any further. But uh, um, So from there, we will wrap up. So for uh, those playing home, that's 63 of the best minutes of Cricket Podcast you'll ever fucking listen to. And we will see <laughs> you is. next time. <laughs> Thank you. Fuck you. Bye-bye, everybody. There you 60 guys. good minutes and then three minutes of dead air when I was trying to sort my shit out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A good hour. Good hour podcast. Well done, everyone. And now good the podcast is over, Bulls. Un-